Good morning. Morning, morning. Just wanted to wish everyone a happy Father's Day. Uh, but first, let me just read a scripture uh, from Psalm chapter 27, 127. It's a Psalm of Solomon. It says, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is a man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed. And when they speak with their enemies in the gate. I need all the warriors in here to stand up. All warriors. If you're a father, I need you to stand. If you are a visiting father here for the first time, or you're not a regular attender, you can stand as well. All fathers. I see some still sitting, Brother Ralph. Uh, all right. Happy Father's Day. Uh, I'm also reminded of Psalm, well, Proverbs 1, Proverbs 17, verse 5. says, the son's glory is his father. Jay and I were talking about this last night, and we figured out we could come with a nicer translation for our dad, and I'm sure this is applicable to most of you. But you are our honey bunch sugar plum. <laughs> Humpy, umpy, umpkin. You're our sweetie pie. You're our cuppy cake, gumdrop, snuggums, boogums. You're the apple of our eye. So happy Father's Day uh, to everyone. All right. Let, let's, let's pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for bringing us here today. Thank you for fathers. And we thank you that you are the ultimate father, and you've given them to us to be an example to the rest of us of your nature and your character. We thank you for this day as we celebrate. Please challenge us and prepare our hearts to to worship you so that we can live lives that bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We'll have a short video uh, presentation for you, uh, followed by a nice game by, well, hosted by Kyle Ferguson. I just want to read this for you. This following video is a video tribute to fathers of Calvary Bible Church. We may have missed some of you, uh, but we apologize that we did not want the absence of a few pictures that we had searched hard for to prevent us from making a tribute video. The video shows our dearly loved fathers in the incredible body of Christ here at CBC. But the, but the songs talk about our Father in heaven, who not only is worthy of all our praise and thanks, but is the only Father some of us have ever had. He made the ultimate sacrifice for us, and the cross, he made the ultimate sacrifice for us on the cross, allowing us to be called his sons and daughters. Please enjoy, and thanks be to God the Father for the blessing of these amazing earthly fathers. Oh, 
Good morning. Good morning, Calvary. Sound dead. All right, so I'm going to run a game. This is how this game is going to work. I'm going to show some pictures of some of the fathers of Calvary when they was just young little grasshoppers. And um, you guys are going to raise your hand and tell me who you think they are, and the winner is going to get a prize. So three rules. One, raise your hand, don't shout. I could try to be honest and find the first person I see raise their hand, so uh, don't get mad at me, we in church. Um, two, if, the, if you are the father or an immediate member of that father, do not raise your hand because that's called cheating, and Bahamians is cheat. And number three, if you're right and I call on you, come up and get your prize. All right? Everybody got it? Everybody got it? All right. Start with number one. I'm done. That's right. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> Number two. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm sorry. Sorry, Errol. But Lindsay, that's right. <laughs> but hello. Yeah. Yeah, so as a pastor God, right? Sister B. Yes, ma'am. That's Craig Knowles. No guesses. Crystal. No. Sorry. Uh, Father Claudette. That's right. <laughs> Scary Barrett. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Sorry. Crystal. That's right. Jerry Sawyer. <laughs> Miss Low. Yep, that's Lindsay Pinder. <laughs> the nose. That's right. <laughs> Everybody lose. No. <laughs> Pardon? No, that ain't it. 
Yes, ma'am. Children, yes, no, ma'am. <laughs> Pardon? That's right. (laughs) 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 Mr. Miller. That's right. Randy Fowler. And one more, last but not least. Yes, ma'am. Pedro Ferguson, my father. (laughs) All right, that's all. Thank you for participating. I I don't know how to follow up something after like that. Um, That that shirt, that, you know. uh, Wow. Uh, Brother Ron, um, the Gerber baby has nothing on you. All right, nothing, nothing at all. I got a, a text message this morning from Wilfred Jack. Uh, he wanted me to sing for you, uh, but I told him, you know, I, I won't do it. Uh, but he says, ladies and kids, want to give your dad a super Father's Day gift? Send him to this year's men's retreat in October. <laughs> see, the men's foyer, see the men in the foyer after the service today to give your deposit or at least give them your name to let them know that you're coming. Uh, we really need to finalize some numbers, so if uh, you're really interested in coming or you really want your husband or father to go, send them to the foyer, uh, you know? <laughs> All right. Next up, we will have uh, a lady who is very special to my heart, uh, my mommy. Mommy. Uh, followed shortly by a game where we get to grill some fathers. Sorry, Wendley, I had nothing to do with that picture. <laughs>
I taught her how to do that. All right. Uh, we'll now have a game. Uh, I'm going to call the fathers that are more inclined to forget. So, Dot, I need you, Brother Tommy, Brother Ron, to come. Uh, Monty, where are you? Brother Craig, and Harpcott. Good morning, church. We're having the, what we call the more distinguished and established fathers give advice to the fathers who want to, I guess, do like this and try to figure out what they're doing with all these little kids nipping at their ankles and knees right now. So we're going to have a separation of the more distinguished dads from the younger dads. And what they're going to do is they're going to ask questions, advice, Listen, roping these guys in was extremely difficult. Up to this morning, Brother Tommy still was trying to figure out what I was asking him to do from how long ago when I did approach him. So we have mics that are open for them. And we're going to let, of course, the dad from over here start. Good morning, church. These are supposed to be our experienced dads, and so we are going to, I've got my pen and my paper, so I can get all this good advice and write it down. My first question would be, what are some of the things that you learned from your parents that you wanted to pass on to your kids? I think a few things. Uh, one of the things was uh, respect for your elders. Uh, proper manners, and uh, when you went out from the home, no matter where you went, you always represented the home. So your be behavior should be conducted accordingly. <laughs> In the case of my dad, uh, I asked him once, I asked... Uh, I asked my dad once, uh, Dad, I knew he loved us, but I never heard my dad say directly to me that he loved me. So I asked him one day, Dad, what is the most important thing to you? So he said, um, these three things. My family, so I said, well, how do you show it? He says, you have a roof over your head, food to eat, and clothes on your back. So I know that to mean that he was a provider. So for me, that was the most important thing that I learned from my father, to be a provider. <laughs> I, uh, boy, that's such a long time ago. <laughs> um, provide for your family. Um, and uh, I think that, that's the most important thing I learned from them, is, is to provide for them, as they provided for me. Sounds like good advice. I have one more question, then I'm going to turn it over to these guys behind me. As a father, we are often called upon to discipline our children. How have you been able to do this while still showing the love of God? <laughs> it sounds like a tough one. <laughs> um, 
think uh, we only had the one child, that was Andrea. But whenever we had to discipline, we always sat her down. Uh, not, do not raise your voice when you're disciplining the child. But just to explain to her the reason for the discipline, exactly why it was being done. You still loved her, but there was a punishment involved. And I think it's the way you approach the child. If you come with a strong attitude, a loud voice, you've got them scared right away. You approach them in a gentle way, a loving way. What you just did was wrong. Let me explain to you. It shouldn't be done in the future. And then if there was a punishment... Uh, I, think, uh, I think we need to discipline Craig after the service. <laughs> Hello. Is that working now? Uh, yes. In my case, well, to begin with, uh, I believe that you can get nothing done unless you have discipline. In my case, um, my dad had to discipline me once, and I got that on the run. Okay, okay. I've determined that, uh, and I think it was embedded in the song that B sang a moment ago, love have to be the environment in which, or the context in which it takes place. But that has to happen from very young. The first time you step out of line... I will bring you back in, you know, with some force if necessary or some touch. You will lay hands on them, you know. <clears throat> yeah, yes, yes, automatically. And if you do it earlier, then as you, as they grow, you won't need to do it as often, certainly. Um, but be consistent because they are observing. So be consistent and let it be done in an environment of love. And so there shouldn't be a problem. I'll just deal with the corporal punishment, right? Uh, all these, these things we did with our, our girls as well. But uh, we had a, a paddle, and uh, we didn't use our hand for spanking. We used a paddle because the hand was for blessing, and uh, the, the rod was for correction. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was one of those, uh, those balls, uh, paddle balls, you know, the, the elastic attached to it. So it was kind of wide, and it, it, you, you, you couldn't swing it real hard. So it was, it was there, um, yeah. Anyway, we didn't have to use it very often, but uh, our daughters did test us to see if we would use it, and they were very happy when we did because it showed that we followed through. But we loved them, and again, let them know that we loved them, and we did for their good. Okay, I'll give it a go. Um, if you had the benefit growing up of having traditions that were established in your family, which ones of those would you have carried on? And if you didn't have that benefit, which traditions have you created um, or established in your family that you want to see carried on and you find that are very important? In, in, with respect to tradition in my family, the... And anything that was particularly with respect to spiritual, that I got from my mother, um, with respect to certainly making sure that you attend church regularly. That was the tradition that I took from my mother and certainly would, would have lived that out with my own family. With respect to things, doing things with um, your family, again, my father did not, as I recall, very young, have access to transportation, but he borrowed a vehicle and on special occasions would take the family to visit other settlements. And um, that, for me, was special. Um, of course, he didn't have to pay the same price I have to pay today for gas. <clears throat> but we, the point would be in terms of taking the gas um, for a ride and doing that together um, with family stopping and getting a treat. Unlike 
there where you can stop and get juju and cocoa plum. Now you have to go get something from ice cream. And I haven't shown any benefit from the ice cream yet. But those kinds of things, spending time with family would be a tradition. Similarly to what Brother Wenley said, um, in my early years as a preteen, a teenager, and a young man, um, Sundays was church. My mother was in fellowship at Central Gospel Chapel, and uh, I always went to church with her on Sunday mornings, and then Sunday afternoon was Sunday school, and then there was Sunday night. My father in my early days of growing up was not a believer, but he did not discourage. He encouraged particularly with church and behavior. This was, tra- this was a tradition. If my mother was there and she disciplined, you got it, but you didn't want to get it from daddy, you know? And so you learn to respect the things of this nature. But I, I was thankful that later on in his life, my father came to know Jesus Christ as personal savior. Vacations were very important for us as a tradition. Um, giving our our children um, opportunities to experience different things. We we enjoyed car travels. Uh, we enjoyed singing in the car together. Uh, my daughters learned how to harmonize, and and a car is a great place to sing because everything sounds good in a car. When you <laughs> when you take it outside the car, it doesn't sound so good. But anyway, it's fun. Uh, also, pass on heritage. We would share our heritage with our, our daughters because they just didn't come, but there, there was a, a background to them, and uh, I tried to share that with them. Um, passing on skills, personal skills. You, know, you guys look like you're athletic. Uh, pass on to your boys <laughs> and, and to your daughters uh, the ability. Like I, I, I shared with my, my daughters how to play table tennis, and... Um, they became pretty good at it, and how to throw a ball and how to catch a ball, things like that. Uh, so pass on those skills. Uh, laugh. We, we, we tried to laugh a lot. Uh, we also ate around the table together. We wouldn't eat separately, but we'd, we'd eat as a family together, and that was our time together. Um, those are some things. I'm going to yield the balance of my time because Brother Craig has several questions prepared. So. <laughs> Good morning. Um, Good morning. Some of us have more arrows in our quiver than others. Um, right, 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 Brother Anton? Um, <laughs> but we want some advice to, to the fathers who, would, who have to deal with multiple children, multiple ages. M- multiple, <clears throat> two or more. <laughs> two or more. I'd say four or more, but I don't think many people know. But today, um, three? Three. Three or more. How would you deal with the spiritual requirements of kids now in terms of when you have the multiple ages, in terms of meeting their spiritual uh, um, needs? How would you as as fathers give um, information, recommendations on on dealing with that? He did did say three or more. Since I don't qualify, I only have two. (laughs) But but I'll give an answer. (laughs) Um, Well, I, I think, as you said, each child is unique. And I think that goes not only spiritually but otherwise as well. Each child is unique, and so it res- I think it is the parent's responsibility to pay close attention to those differences. I, there's no one prescription I can think of that will tell you that this will work with this kind of a child. That means you have to study each child, and again, of course, you're always going to invoke God's presence and um, 
wisdom so that when you make those decisions or you introduce those things that are, let's say, spiritually inclined, then I think you will know, I think, based on response of the child, whether it's an overdose or it's over their head or that they can have more. That's an individual um, process, I believe, from child to child. Um, but it starts with you making the initial effort, knowing what child, just as if it applies in any other area. Some children like to baby food. Some people would spit it up, and I don't want that. They want something different. So each child is unique in that regard. So it's, I think it's the onus is on the parents to pay close attention to that and then minister in that way that is most effective. They're unique. Yeah, we, we looked for devotional material that would, would fit our, our daughters. And there, there's a six years age spread there, so it was kind of difficult. But we, like, walked through the Bible, had some good child, uh, children's devotional material. Um, uh, s- simple readings from the Word of God, uh, we would do that. Um, so we would look for whatever we could get that, that would meet their needs. And primarily it was us living living an example life before them, which is probably the most important thing. Ditto to what they said. I can't add to it. Um, no, no that, that's, that's yeah, good. I, I Thank you. We, we did well, right? Yeah. We did very well. I, I think for some of the, um, not younger fathers just up here, but out there, may have to ask repentance and forgiveness for the um, discipline portion because what they did for discipline, I'm sure, is not routine for what what happens nowadays. So we're going to try and incorporate the discipline portion into the lives of our kids now because I'm sure our kids will be listening and be like, what? I wish they were our parents. But (laughs) we're going to try and do that, and we thank everybody for participating. Just a special note about Dad on discipline. Uh, some, of, some of you know this story already, but... Um, <laughs> uh, this man would sit down and do a Brother Tommy first, so he'll tell you why what you did is wrong. So you've already been talked to, but you're not really paying attention to what he's saying because you know the spank is coming. He never used a, a belt. He always used a ruler. Uh, and then he would ask you, I've never seen anyone in my life that's ever got this question. Where do you want it, hand or hip? Like, you have options, you know? So because, you know, I like to sit down, I said, let me, let me take it on the hand, more bone in the hand, let me take it there. Uh, and then he'll tell you, don't flinch, don't pull back, keep your hand out. Uh, so I'm, my hand's out. And, and then he tells me, stand a certain way. So I'm like, geez, what kind of spike is this going to be? And then, to make it worse, uh, because of the anticipation of what's coming and the anxiety, my bladder contracted. Uh, my sphincter relaxed, and then, you know, something happened. So then he would let me clean myself up, come back. He'll ask you how much you want. So you're like, one, no, he doesn't do one, two, doesn't do two, three. Then he'll say, okay, I don't think you understand what you did. So you're like, five. He's like, okay, great. So you're thinking, like, why, why didn't I skip four? You get Spike, tell you he love you. Uh, but that we do appreciate it at the time. Boy, that was rough. Anyway, uh, we'll have a musical selection right now by Brownwyn. Uh, she's from out of town. And then we'll follow it by a special ceremony for some of the fathers here in CBC.
I will find you in quiet places where I will wait for you, my Lord. Help me find you in quiet places. It's your voice I'm listening for. Help me find you in quiet places. A very pleasant good morning to all. But happy Father's Day to all of our fathers here today, inclusive of those soon-to-be fathers, if there are any. At this time, just before I get into the bit that I'm really here for, you know, it's been going so good. Everybody's been smiling, you know. I want all the fathers, fathers, grandfathers, godfathers, if fathers come before, after, wherever the father falls, you stand. You've been doing good, stand. Some of you came in a little later. Okay, you're standing. And I'm sure you're not here alone. There must be um, your children, grandchildren, godchildren, some, oh, the spouses, I couldn't forget them. And just to make you feel special, you know, because you always hear about Mother's Day, we want to honor you and celebrate you. So whatever family member next to the next one, get up. If you even ain't know that person and he look like he ain't got nobody, get up, give them a hug. You might have said it this morning, you might not because you forgot, you just thought they say come to church and then you say, gee, Father's Day. But in, in, in public eye, you're going to say, Dad, we love you, appreciate you, we honor you, we celebrate you today. So go ahead, you got half a minute. Come, the children, grandchildren, whoever, that person, fine, you know, yeah, your dad. Um, look, somebody get, yeah, that's it. Get this one, see? Uh-huh. Yeah. Good job. Now they feel special. Uh-huh. If anybody left out, that's fine. You loved. Happy Father's Day. Okay. This year's Father's Day uh, service committee wanted to take time out to recognize men in Calvary Bible who have been dedicated to not only fathering and being role models at home, but also at church. The c- The committee selected nine men who have dedicated at serving CBC faithfully, including the youth, and have made an impact on the many children and young men who have visited and attended CBC. The committee hopes that this tradition can be continued every year to highlight men who are good fathers 
faithful fathers in the ministry. At this time, as each of the men are called, we ask that they come forward along with a family member. And I think the family member knows who they are, right, to receive a special gift. And in no particular order, our first special honoree, and like I said, this is for this year, is Brother Kevin Barton. Please stand. And come forth. Brother Kevin, Brother Kevin was saved at a street meeting conducted at CBC's Ambassadors for Christ, working in that ministry for one year. He served as a Sunday school teacher for 17 years, has been and still is in Awana for after 28 years. Brother Kevin, CBC, Brother Kevin, CBC's resident poet, and is active in men's ministry. Brother Kevin has been married to Monique Barton, and they have two daughters, Keva and Keishan. Brother Kevin Barton. As they do that, because we have nine of them to go, and I know some of you have reservations. So we'll, our next honoree, Brother Lindsay Pinder. Please stand, family member. Lindsay and Pamela have been married almost 46 years, and they have three children. Cindy, Terrence, former youth pastor at Calvary Bible Church, and Mindy. They have been attending Calvary Bible Church for about 25 years. Lindsay has been a... Lindsay has been faithful in quite a few ministries, especially the choir, teen Sunday school class, and the youth group. His main focus has always been the youth of Calvary Bible Church. Let's hear it for Brother Lindsay Pinder. Our next honoree special, Brother Ralph Hanna. Please come. As he comes, Brother Ralph has actively served in the men's fellowship and enjoyed serving on the deacon's board and supported by many of the church activities. He has been a mentor for many of the young men at the church. He has counseled many in the privacy of his home. Today, most of his friends are from his own age group, but are made up of those, no, are not of his own age group but are made up of those who are at least 30 years younger than himself. He loves entertaining them at his home in Stapleton Gardens as well as on his boat. Brother Hannah enjoys fishing and has many fishing stories to share. In many instances, the big one did not get away. <laughs> Brother Ralph married Ruth Tynes, also of Acklands, in August 1959. And this union was blessed with three children, Denise, Owen, and Van Rea. Let's hear it for Brother Ralph. Our next honoree, Ron Springle. Ron arrived in Nassau from Canada on February 1st, 1966, for a six-month stay. Calvary was, was the second church that he visited, and he knew that CBC was where he belonged. He 
he became involved in the boys group challenges which later became Christian Service Brigade. He has taught various Sunday schools over the years and even sang in the choir. He currently serves as el serves on the elders board and is involved in the men's ministry. He and his wife Colleen have two daughters, Joy and Heather. Let's hear it for Brother Ron. Our next honoree, Albert Rogers. As he come, Albert Rogers has been faithfully mentoring the young men of Calvary Bible Church and the surrounding community for the past 38 years as an Awana leader. He was a part of CBC's men's softball team and mentored young men in the junior softball league. He is head usher as well as the resident warden of Calvary, seeing all and knowing all that goes on, so you know where. <laughs> he and his wife Karen have three sons and four grandchildren, and he is also celebrating a birthday tomorrow, so happy birthday. Our next honoree, Brother Patrick Knowles. Brother Patrick became involved in ministry at CBC in his late teens. He was encouraged and mentored by Paul Statum, Statum to be his assistant in Calvary Teens for Christ. Brother Statum located, relocated to Abaco, and Brother Pat became leader in that group. As a young adult, he joined the Awana Club and has been a leader for the past 32 years. Over the years, Brother Pat has served in numerous, numerous ministries at CBC, including men's softball and basketball teams, Billy Graham Ministry, Mini Church, Consul, Deacon Board, and the Usher Team. He is married to Stephanie Knowles, and they have two granddaughters. Let's hear it for Brother Pat. <laughs> It's not prophetic, but I was so busy. Brother Albert was just here and it says softball. Then I look at Brother Pat and it says softball. And I don't know if they don't do it no more because they wearing the balls with them. But you know, I see them come up and I'm like, softball? Yeah, I'm sorry. They have two daughters. Let's hear it for them. And two granddaughters to come. Our next honoree, Charlie Albury. Brother, Ch Brother Charlie began ministry at the tender age of 16 at CBC. Brother Leslie Roberts enlisted Charlie to work along with him in the Sunday school department, and 33 years later, Charlie is still there. He joined the Awana program and served for 14 years as a leader and then commander. He has also served in numerous, numerous ministries at CBC, including the choir, Billy Graham Ministry, Church Council, and the Deacons Board, where he is presently the chairman. He is married to Zena, and they have four children, <laughs> Rachel, Anissa, Ethan, and Hannah. 
Let's hear it from Brother Chan. Our next honoree, Brother Basil Miller, Cookie Monster. Brother Basil has been actively involved in the ministry of CBC, responding to an altar call at CBC over 34 years. He began serving with the Ambassadors for Christ street meeting team. He joined the Awana Ministries as a leader and has served in that ministry for the past 32 years. Basil has also served in numerous other ministries, including CBC football team, the Billy Graham Ministry, Sunday School, Junior Church, Usher Team, and Parking Lot Patrol. He is, ma- he is married to Joy Miller and has three children, Raphael, Chara, and Nadia, and one treasured grandson, Vincent. Let's hear it for... And just before I call our last honoree, I think that was eight. What is a dad? A dad is someone who wants to catch you before you fall, but instead picks you up, brushes you off, and lets you try again. A dad is someone who wants to keep you from making mistakes, but instead lets you find your own way, even though his heart breaks in silence when you get hurt. A dad is someone who holds you when you cry, scolds you when you break the rules, shine with pride when you succeed, and has faith in you even when you fail. And I know someone here today will say, that's my dad from the fathers that were up here earlier and in our audience. So you may want to say, what is a dad? And now, our last honoree, pastor, brother, elder, Frederick Arnett. Pastor, Pastor Frederick Arnett currently serves as Executive Director of CCC. He is also an elder and in this capacity is allowed in a number of other ministries within the local congregation of CBC. He really loves the Lord and is most desirous of honoring him in all he does. He enjoys being married to Sister Helen and desires the best for his children, Deborah, Frederick II, and Matthew. In the early morning hours, you can find him engaged in prayer, after which he hits the park to stay in shape. And need I say more more for Brother Patrick and Brother Albert need to join (laughs) Pastor Annette. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, our nine special honorees for this year. Who will be the next nine for 2015? Thank you so much, and fathers, do enjoy the rest of your day. Good afternoon. The biggest man speaking from this tiny pulpit. 
But you all know I don't use it anyhow. Hey, so it really don't make a difference. It's it's really good to be here today. I have a little scratchy throat, and I, I I've been fighting that all week. So I'm just want to make sure I have my water today. We want to look to God's word, and then we want to. We only have an hour, and, <laughs> and I'm taking a three-hour message and squeezing it into this hour. So, and all of God's people give me a cross eye like, you got to be joking, not today. But we want to get through quickly. And before we go to the Lord's Prayer, take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalms 127. I'll give you a joke, a funny story. Um, when I was asked to speak, uh, and I won't tell you who, the sister called and she said, um, you know, let the Lord, whatever the Lord leads you to speak on, you just go ahead and speak on it. And then they said this one little thing, they said, you know, because there's that little passage in the scripture that talks about the arrow, shooting the arrow and, you know, the children and all that stuff. And I said, okay, cool. I hang up and I totally disregard what that was said at that particular point. But everything I study turned right back to that portion of Scripture. And so we're going to deal with that portion of Scripture for a short, quick time. But do you have it? If you have it, say amen. Amen. Let's look to the Lord in prayer and then let's dive right into it. Our Father God, we thank you again for this day. We praise your name again for your blessings. We thank you so much again for all that you have done. And on this day, as we recognize and salute our fathers, Lord, we pray. Take this word. It's your word. Holy Spirit, do a work in our heart that our lives would comply with your word. That you would get the glory out of our life living. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Got one little, got one little synopsis. In terms of uh, mothers versus fathers, could, could someone answer this paradox for me? Why do mothers insist that fathers throw out the garbage, the heaviest object in the house? When husbands leave home on Saturday, mothers change the whole house around. <laughs> I never understood that. But it's, it's just a... A quick little thing, I just want to see if you guys are awake today. Here we go, let's go through the word. Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who built it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wakes, but in vain. Men, I'm talking to you today, but this portion of scripture is for everybody. Believers, believe me when I say we are not in control of anything. Fathers, on this day you're going to get a little extra pressure to be sometimes what God has not called you to be. For we are simply but watchmen. That's it. Let me give you a story how real this came to me. In 2002, I found myself in 
Princess Margaret Hospital looking up. 2002, I came up some condition, all kind of conditions at that point, and one of the things was so funny was I walked in, my, my nurses would always say, I, I'm in the hospital, I'm running temperature, I'm losing weight, I'm doing all this kinds of stuff, so I'm in the hospital, and the doctor comes in and he's concerned, he's the only one concerned, because when the nurses come in, I say, so how's my reading today? And they simply say, oh, you're doing good. Lies from the pit of hell. <laughs> and I understand what they were doing. They didn't want to discourage me, but I was sick as a sick person. <laughs> I was going to use another word, but I changed my mind. I was sick. Here's what I mean by that. I could not help my wife or my children. The most crippling mental thing anguish is when I thought I could have always been invincible and I would always be there for my wife and my children. One bout of sickness, I can't get up. I am only a watchman. For he who holds the city is God. All of my trust as fathers, fathers, hear me, all we can do is rely on him to watch everything we're supposed to do. Psalms 128 verse 1 says this, But happy, fortunate, this is the Amplified version in bracket, happy, or hap, blessed, sorry, blessed, bracket, happy, fortunate, to be envied, bracket, is everyone who fears, reveres, and worship the Lord. Fathers, your number one task in this life is to worship the keeper of the city. If we serve him, he then serves us and protects and love, and guide, and provide everything for us. Let's go to the next one. Verse 2. This is where we, when we kick into our human flesh, go. It is vain. That's Psalm 127, verse 2. It is vain for you to rise up early to take rest Late to eat bread of toil, for he gives to his beloved in sleep. Husbands, I'm picking on you. But for goodness sake, make sure you try to get home sometime before sunset. If you can make it before, and you have daylight saving time, so you have an extra hour in there. It is not the wife's job. It's your job. I love, let me give you a joke. The Lord has given me another job, and I told you all this the last time I was here. He was working in the, them other people's place, the financial institution. Because this is going over the net I didn't get any copyright, so I'm going to be very careful of calling names. I'm not going to name names. But I used to work for a bank. 
And if you work in the bank, you know, listen, when the door closes at four, our work just begins. And then I was promoted, thank the Lord, and I left that place, and I go to another place. Now, I believe in working long and hard, but at 4.45 p.m., Brother Man is winding down. Y'all see my daughter? One just wore across, that one in the red. Look at here, you think I need to be home earlier? Yeah, 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 that's only one. Uh, I show y'all the next one yet. But in any event, I cannot assign that task of raising my children and influencing my children to nobody. School is subject to my authority. Now, I love school. And you know school has come up with some funny rules. Your child must be to school from sunup to sundown and don't miss no time because they get perfect attendance if I say so. Because if I got to take my child somewhere, if I want to spend a day with my child outside of school, it is daddy's choice first or parents' choice. Now, don't, don't get me wrong, teachers. Love you. You all make that rule. But again, it's you as a parent and Fathers, you have that say. You make it as you. Don't give it up. God is, that's a God-given right that cannot, ought not to be transferred to nobody other than you. I know all the children love me because they want to spend time with me now. Because they know I will take them out of school and go to the beach one day. <laughs> I'm going to be invited back again. Another 10 years maybe, but I'll, I'll, they'll remember my name. But you see what I'm saying? That is a God-given. You have the responsibility. You cannot. Your time. Listen, God promotes, not your labor. You hear what I say? God promotes, not your labor. He ain't say stop working. He ain't say work hard. Everything through his scripture says that we are to work and work hard. But it's him that promotes. It's him that we move. Serve God, he take care of the promotion. I get a joke. I'm not the brightest love light bulb in the building. But then I realized when they promoted me, so are they. They're not the brightest light bulb either. I'll tell you. Because you promote me. If you promote me, <laughs> tell me what you can do. All right. So what I'm saying is, but if God dropped them and dropped me in their spirit that he is the man for the job, I'm automatically glowing because of him. So if God, he take care of the rest. Man, that's the hardest thing in the world for us to abide with, to agree to. Well, let's move on. We won't get that one point. So, you have to realize that as fathers, your time, your, you can't just give. Because another thing that we do as fathers is, uh, and I'm not picking, I do it all the time. Um, 
when I come home, I'm tired. I'm worn out. So it's easy to, my daughter comes to me and she said, Daddy, uh, I could have some ice cream. Buddy, at that point, you could have the car keys. <laughs> so we, it's easier. Because we come home exhausted. Word of advice, don't come home exhausted. Save something for the children. And I can deal with that a little lower, but for the wife, for the children, for the home, we ought to balance out our energy level because we give it all to Caesar. Caesar don't mean you're no good. <laughs> he doesn't. Because Caesar will promote someone over you in a second. And you laboring right there, then you mind. Then you got to come to church and we got to change the subject just to uplift you. No, don't depend on Caesar. Depend on the Lord. He never disappoints you. Okay, so here's the big thing. Verse 3, children, behold, children are an inheritance from God, the fruit of the womb, a reward. In our day and time, we question that because we only want two rewards or one and a half reward from the Lord. Three rewards is like, Lord, too much reward. Uh, I leave you to battle out with the Lord. He will work out the detail. Four rewards for God's sake. No way. There's an abundance of rain, and we can't starve this rain. But number, verse number four, here's the key. And we want to deal most of the time with this. Listen, as arrows in the hands of warriors, so are our children of our youth. And we understand, listen, a warrior made arrows to do a particular purpose. For a purpose. You are giving your kids for a purpose. To enjoy them as well, but to get them ready for the next generation. We need as parents, as fathers especially, we need to ensure that we are doing what needs to be done. Hear me and hear me well. A question was asked about discipline. And I say, oh, they can teeth all my message. Why I got to preach today? Just play what they say. But that's the basically, here's the thing I'm saying. You cannot, dis oh, sorry. You ought not to discipline your child if you never show them love. Because your discipline will not be discipline. It will simply be punishment. As adults, who have the right to talk to you? Someone who is walking with you, someone who spends time with you, someone who understands your pain can walk into your life and speak to you. Why do you believe your children are not the same? I know this part of the message is going to get scary because my children are going to be listening and then they're going to replay all of this in the car when we head home. So I'm going to be very, very careful here. No, no, as a parent, I could, I could just say whatever and I'll deal with them later. <laughs> Here's it. Time spent with your kids cannot be replaced. On this week was coming up, and I said to myself, I said to my children, I said, 
I still looking good? I have a timekeeper, so I want to make sure my time keep us on, on track. I said to my children, boy, if y'all bring me something ugly for Father's Day, it on. <laughs> Don't bring me no trash. Don't bring me no hitch-up stuff. But then they asked me, what do you want? And I could not, for the life of me, answer that question. And then it, it dawned on me. You know what I really always want that I get from my family every week? Time spent. Anyone who halfway know me, look for Kelly, the love of my life, and the children. I have already said to them, when they are dating, Saturdays are still my day. I have to really think beyond when they get married what I'm going to really be asking of them. Because I've said they've got to forsake all others, leave and cleave. But until the leaving and the cleaving happen, I thoroughly, you hear what I say? Thoroughly from the tip of my toes, enjoy spending time with my girls. We row about everything. <laughs> we laugh about everything. We pick on mummy about everything. <laughs> but what I'm saying to you is, I can speak into my children, and we fight. Sorry, they fight against me. It's no fight here. I'm a winner all the way around. <laughs> Because it is what I say it is. But the key here is I'm also transparent. What you see here is all I know. My point is, in that portion of Scripture, if you're going to sharpen the arrow to speak to your children, you need to be there. Instructions are given to professionals. Training are given personally. You got to be there. It would be interesting if Craig, Craig, when he's doing his exercise in class, will just play a tape. All right, lift those knees. He don't know who showed up, but he's leaving instruction. If you work the instructions, you'll be good. No, we want to see him run just as hard as we run. Who needs to lose the weight? I do, but if he isn't running, why should I run? Why should your kids listen? Fathers, why do you, why could, how could you leave instructions if you're not there? You got to be there. You got to be able to give the stories as the story was told about how father this punished back. How are we going to have stories of dad and mom in their later years if they never Spend time. Do homework. Here's the big joke I had. There's, we're living in a technologically advanced age. Some of us have smartphones. Some of us not smart enough to use the phone. <laughs> the children are running circles around us with these smartphones, right? However, here's what I have come to discover. Can I give you a joke of one time what my daughter did for me? Did to me? One day we was going through the punishment because like every teenage girl, she's walking around and everything is the phone, the phone, the phone, and she can't put it down. She doesn't look up. She doesn't eat. She just walk around, phone, phone, phone. I said, go do your homework. 
This doesn't happen to any other Christian child in this church. It's just in the Hannah household. So I said, go do your homework, and you got the exam. So, so she says, okay, blah, blah, blah. She's still playing with the phone. I bust into the room. I grab the phone. I said, give me the phone. Oh, no, no, I said that wrong. I said, bring me the phone. Mistake number one. Bring me the phone. She brought me the phone. Oh, tell you, they swing their daddy. I learned this, though. I, I, I do get swing. I'm not going to never tell you as a father they don't swing me. I always tell my children, be careful when I swing back. <laughs> yeah, I could swing, but I got to come back. Here's my coming back. One day we're out, and she is calling me from her mom's phone, and it's not the number that I know. I'm saying, how we get that number? I dash home after interrogation, whipped the phone open. The chip is not in the phone. <laughs> I said to her, where? And they tell you, bring me the phone? She said, I did. <laughs> you didn't say chip and phone. <laughs> All those who know the virtue of prayer, pray my strength <laughs> in the Lord. All I'm simply saying is, they're going to be doing the same thing we did. Remember when we had that 20-foot cord that we used to walk around the house with? When the phone just was first introduced and we were going to talk to our boyfriend and the phone was all up through, the, you had to go through the back door, down the stairs, around the corner, following this cord because we got that phone. And then we dropped sleep and no one else could call. <laughs> Technology will always be ahead of us. It does not have to overwhelm us. Spend time with your kids. I get another little joke. One time my father, who was helping me do homework, and, and this is what I admire about my dad. And now he's now gone, been gone since 2005, in heaven so glad. Every once in a while I row him, because he leaves me with all of this stuff. If I knew it was this way, I would have gone before him <laughs> as a good dad. But you know, the Lord have that in control. But... One time, you know, just spending time with him, he wanted to help me with homework. I was going to NCA. The homework was far beyond his years at that point. One and one of two was not one and one of two. He had this little thing where we used to do math. He came and he said, Terrence, would you have homework? I say, I have math. I'm like in the fifth grade. My dad wants to spend time with me to do homework. But we whipped our homework out, and he sat down, and he started. And the first thing he says is when you one and one minus one is, no, well, two minus one is one, then you have to take that one that's in the bottom and you have to pay that back. <laughs> I said, what you say? <laughs> I said, pay it back. He said, pay it back? I said, we ain't no number no pay back. No, this direct. But who is he? He is dad. Dad knows all things. So I walked through that, and we did every math problem like that. Let me tell you, I went to school, the proudest brother man in NCA that day, until math. <laughs> I whipped in that teacher, said, okay, what's with the homework? He said, yeah. 
Now, remember, not the brightest light bulb, so not always doing homework, right? But I have homework today. First question, I throw my hand up. That rock. But the good thing is, they didn't ask me. They asked someone else. I get a little weary, but that's just one. Everyone can make a mistake. Boy, you whipped out that next question. I throw my hand up, not as high, but confidently up. That's wrong, because they went somewhere else. The third one, I whipped my hand up, sewing. Closer to testifying now. And that was wrong. Buddy, my hand never went up, no. Nor did Dad see my math problems ever since. Are you, my daughter bring home math now, I only stop at addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Look at wrong of me and whoever wrong of me got to go to somebody else. I will pay tutors to get it done. My point though is spend time with your children and they will cherish you to the end, right? Or wrong. Because the same influence in the gang turns to violence. The same influence positively we could change the world. Time spent. Last point, do not exasperate. I must confess this is my most difficult portion of this message because I have a daughter who I think she thinks I'm exasperating her. Not confession, I confess it. I'm just letting you know I'm transparent like a daddy. And what I'm saying about exasperation, here are some points. Exasperate means, and this is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, fathers do not exasperate, provoke your children to wrath. But it's basically saying, hey, don't neglect. Don't be choosing favorites over. Oh, that's the worst thing we can do to our children is choose favorites. Don't do it. Overprotect. I'm going to stand here alone and take this one for all of the men in the house who have daughters. We overprotect. And to my daughter, you need to pray to heaven for that one because I will overprotect, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you stay on your knees. I doing what the Lord. Listen, we will overprotect. Yeah, they're growing up. Yeah, they need to go on their own at age 50. <laughs> I feel they will be trained enough to leave home. Not a minute before. Do we discourage them by the things that they do and don't do? Does chill children... Close your eyes for a second, just talking to your parents. Do children do and come up with some of the most, and I say this in all kindness, unusual things that they want to introduce? I mean, they come up, my children, daddy, this is what we're going to do. Man, you see that sneak coming around the corner. Two of my friends call, we're going to the mall. What time are you going to the mall? Six o'clock. What his name is? No, no, we the girls going to the mall. Come on, what his name is? <laughs> Something is afoot. 
Then let's go. If we're going to see the movie, I'm going at 1 o'clock. Let's go together. Okay, we ain't going to go no more. <laughs> Do not. Do not. But in all honesty, your kids are all different. And there was a question. Three kids or four kids, they're all different. Some like, some like to study. Some like it when you don't need to study. Some want to read. The other one will pick up the book only to sing in church. <laughs> and pass it to you, of course. They ain't even looking in it. Kids are different. How do we encourage their creativity, their uniqueness, their God-given abilities, their rights, their all of that good stuff without discouraging them? Boy, you'll never be an astronaut. You don't pass math. How you going to be an astronaut and you won't be? But I want to be an astronaut. Enroll the boy in a hard math class and tell him he have to pass that to be an astronaut. If he passed that, he'll either be an astronaut or he won't be. But you didn't tell him he couldn't do it. I don't know. I still work in that detail up. And then the final thing, don't be bitter and cruel. It's easy to criticize, and, you know, we do it all the time. And I'm not saying as fathers, I'm just simply saying, like, my niece said, kids are something wrong, buddy, there's no time for negotiation. We negotiate in the bed when we didn't beat them and make them, we didn't take care of our business. Then we come back later in the night and say, well, you know, boy, you was bad, but you wasn't that bad. Oh, I may be gone a little while. But at the time, buddy, we get root. We're not perfect ourselves. Let's get to the conclusion. You've been with me, you've laughed with me. Here's something that in Psalms chapter 28 that I found, Psalms chapter 128 that I found really, really good. Verse 2, it says, For you, for you shall eat the fruit of labor of your hand, happy, blessed, fortunate, and enviable, shall you be and shall be well with you. When you raise a household of productive, loving, kind kids, and I, I, I skipped this little piece, but in the last verse of chapter 127, it says, you will raise up to protect your parents. In the latter years, you will fight their battle. You will be what God needs you to be for them. You will protect them from predators. And so in this verse it says, you're going to be, it will be well with you if you raise a good household. So fathers, let's, let's remember that. Here's another thing. And to talk about just children and the husband, verse 3 says something really well that I can attest to. Your wife shall be a faithful vine in the innermost part of your home. Let me give you one last tidbit. Brothers, if you could clean the house, I mean just, and I'm not telling you do it. I could tell you the rewards that have benefited from it. But a man could clean a house. Mummy taught me, I now see the rewards. 
as a married man, my wife works too. She has a little business working. Yesterday, your boy gone there and whipped our house to pieces. Oh, I tell you, the only thing I pride my tell, I tell my wife she could do better than me is have children. <laughs> but let me tell you what I have learned. The helping of raising the children, taking care of the home, being the husband that I need to be, being the father that I need to be, she sings praises all the day long. B, step out of your comfort and be what God wants you to be. You do that. The wife just raising, taking care of them children somewhat. The wife sings their praise. Daddy's great. Gives us the chocolate cake. That's for Bill Cosby for those who watch. Don't watch it. And here's it says in the last verse, Behold, thou shalt be a man, thus shall the man be blessed, who reverently worship and worshiply fares the Lord. Here's the key. One, know that you're only but a watchman. Two, love the Lord your God with all your heart. He will give you all of the instructions you need to be a good dad. Three, understand that your labor is limited. God does all of the promotion. So therefore, spend the necessary time with your kids. And at home, and with your family. Priority, family. Three, don't, five, don't exasperate, I own five, right? Don't exasperate your kids. But be with them. Spend time, do what they need to do. Six, your reward, your wife will be a crown of jewels around your neck. And seven, because you reverend the Lord, he will bless you. That winning combination, I can guarantee you, we will never lose. Be blessed, my people, today. Fathers, be the kind of father. Listen, you will drop the ball, but the scripture didn't, wasn't given to someone who wouldn't drop the ball. It was given to us, knowing we'll drop the ball. But our father cleans up and make our play look good. Be blessed, my people. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, again, we thank you. And we praise you for how good you have been to us. You have been the Father to us. And Lord, I was reminded this morning as I was preparing for this, there's only been one thing that you have ever required of us, and that is to put the time in. And as that artist Harris once said, you missed the time with us, the moments together. Our children need that moment. We need to spend that moment with you. Teach us this day how to better do that, that you would be glorified in everything that's said in our lives. So at the end of our lives, our children and wife would stand and tell the world he was all that God had asked him to be. Be thou God of our lives, for it's in your name we pray.
Amen.